Hey, Sean. Hi, David. You ever have someone tell you that they don't have any time to watch shows or movies because they're so busy with their lives? This is definitely not where I thought you were going. (laughs) That's good. What's up? (laughs) And then they tell you kind of candidly in another casual conversation that they spend a significant amount of time during their morning poops watching clips on TikTok of entire episodes of TV shows. Have you ever had that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Not once. (laughs) You're lucky because uh, it's, it's pretty pretty crushing to know that uh i could be watching a show that we we want to talk about on on a a, a fairly popular uh, up and coming podcast and uh and there's there's someone out there who doesn't have any time to watch it unfortunately it was one time and by one time i mean i watched all of moneyball kind of and i i watched i think the the show's called um the neighborhood I watched an entire episode via TikTok. Like okay, three minutes. You watched the entirety of Moneyball on TikTok? Pretty much. All the good that's parts. A, that's okay. First off, there's two problems with this. Because if you're just watching this stuff while you're taking your morning morning poops, uh Moneyball's like a two and a half hour movie. It's incremental over a few days. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you've never even seen Moneyball. Yeah, but if I did, I wasn't gonna sit on the toilet while doing it and browsing TikTok. You know what though? You're not going to have to sit on the toilet to <laughs> to skip through in three-minute increments. <laughs> What's that? This episode of the Seen on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Seen on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Well, he got me back. He got me back. But it's okay. <laughs> I remember you did something like that, but I don't remember what it was about. The the year is long <laughs> and the night is nigh. We will I will get you. I will get you back. Don't worry. <laughs> What's up? How are you? You know what? I'm feeling I'm feeling accomplished. Me too, sort of. Except <laughs> this is a long like Truth be told, this is one of the longest stretches we've gone without recording, and we're not on vacation. Well, our listeners don't know that because well, they could <laughs> definitely tell because we did a Mandalorian preview, and we usually are sitting there being like, "We've already seen it," blah 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 blah, and we were just kind of acknowledging that we both hadn't seen it. But you know, you know. yeah, um, no, but in regards to why I'm feeling accomplished, we, and we'll talk about this later today. But uh, we f- played walk uh, the new walkabout. We played mini all golf. the new walkabouts in, in the last like five days. We played well. We played the newest walkabout mini golf course within a week of its release. Yeah, that is uh, the last a few. Pretty like pretty good day. We played uh, ups upside town or whatever. Upside downtown, what? like two weeks later. No, no, it was more than that because nope. it it was it was released and. We had almost 
gotten to the date of the next DLC release. Truth. Yeah. So anyways, but uh, yeah, other than that, um, spring is in the air. Things are warming up. Yeah. Again, we got rain today, so that's a big change. We're we're back <laughs> to cold weather here. So it's like uh, we had summer for a week. And then we've had two weeks of spring, so it's like being in Kenora, but going from summer to fall, mm-hmm. all in one fell swoop. We uh, the other day I heard birds chirping outside. No, that was just people. <laughs> you suck, idiot. Uh, no, wrong type of chirp. Uh, oh, and oh. the the seagulls are back. Ah, were they bouncing? <laughs> they were rolling. They were. Uh, no, but once the seagulls come back. It means that uh, <laughs> summer's not fun. Not fun. <laughs> I knew you were going to go off it. Go off on that. Uh, I'm, no, I'm sorry. So, it's a very impactful song in my life. It over is. the last year. It is. That's true. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, not a lot has has gone on over the last uh, few days. Um, Can we talk about that for a second? Because now you got me excited. Sure. That song by Bad Lip Reading. Stop it now, or stop. Yeah, stop me now. Stop it now. Stop it now. And Seagulls, mm-hmm. stop it now. It's called Seagulls. That song, I played at my bachelor party. Randomly, it came on shuffle at like, oh, it was 1 or 2.30 in the morning. And we're just all chilling in a hot tub drinking. And that came on and a few guys just lit up. And like, Oh, the, yeah. The, the song was pretty much screamed at the top of our lungs well into the night oh yeah and And then it got played a few more times throughout the weekend and there was uh that same night though i think we went on to a bunch of other like star wars weird al yeah the saga begins was in there Mm -hmm. and my stick yeah and um, that was uh bushes of love which is also a masterpiece yeah bushes of love was played a lot in that that, do you, that, do you think I should even... just do a trivia round based on songs inspired by star wars why not There'd be four. No, no, there's more. There's bacon. That's my stick. My it's stick, better yeah. than bacon. There's uh I'm sure there's there's more. Nah, I like whatever. I'll play I'll just play <laughs> them on trivia night. But what I was gonna say is as a fun gift to the groomsmen, and it wasn't even like a real gift, we just told the DJ we added that song on our list. And I guess my other half was like you know what would be really fun? I told the DJ that this song had to be played. And all of a sudden, we hear, this song is for the groomsmen. I, didn't I tell them that it has to be played? or there's I, had, that I-, I had no idea who requested it. But oh, no, all I, I know me. is, like myself, <laughs> you, my buddy Nick, just minds were blown. And one of the girls looked at me afterwards, and she was just like, I have no idea what you guys were singing, but you three <laughs> look like the happiest people on earth. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, was I'm pretty cool. sure that I also had um, like 50 or 60 glow sticks wrapped around my body at the same time. Too. Yeah, you, you <laughs> Nick, uh, his nickname was based on Star Wars, but they called him Slave David. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and for those of you wondering at home, no, the outfit was not skimpy. No, it was definitely not. <laughs> it, however, was um. S- <laughs> Man, I can't I can't believe my mind is just Star Wars related. Most of our episode will be Star Wars related. However, I was at the Beat Goes On 
um, on record day because we were looking for some some vinyls, specific ones. Like Krissa uh, collects them. I don't. Not at all. But um, I was like looking. You know how they have like the, the glass towers with the toys and stuff in them? Mm-hmm. They had a Tuscan Raider doll, but it was labeled as a sand people. And it was it was on like the the old cards. So I'm wondering how old that collectible was. I would say it was probably pre pre uh, prequels. Because they weren't like really called Tuscan Raiders until episode one. They weren't also really called Tuscan Raiders until Boba Fett. Because well, no, until no, no. that episode, but until that episode, people were still calling them Sand People. They were, but I'm pretty sure in episode one, uh, during the Bunta Eve Classic, the uh, announcer says some Tuscan Raiders seem to be camped out on the Dune uh, Red Ridge or something like that. I don't remember, but the toy looked old. It was still in plastic on the card, which was kind of impressive. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, they were named Sand People in Empire Strikes Back and changed the name on the Return of the Jedi card to Tusken Raider. Man, there's a reason why that toy was $99. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Fucking 45 years old. Wild. Yeah. So um, what's on our docket for today? I like that word. I don't know why. I think it's, it's a, a great good word. It's a good word <laughs> to describe. So we've got we've got Microsoft. We've got Microsoft. We've got Walkabout. We've got Star Wars and the Mandalorian. And if there's time, we have games in May. Yeah. So there is uh, some updates in the what is this in the Microsoft saga? Saga. Microsoft uh, Activision Blizzard merger. Uh, which is probably put, uh, I don't know. Like it's, I don't think it's the end of this. It is. This is going to be a continuing topic for probably, I, I would honestly be surprised if it is, if it ends this year, but I think it will go well into 2024. Ugh. Um, but I think Apparently, it's going to be done in like August, September when the U.S. is done with it. Yeah, right. Uh, so here's the problem, though. Okay, so for people not knowing what it what it is, uh, the United Kingdom regulator uh, blocks Microsoft's Activision Blizzard merger over cloud concerns for some reason. Uh, this there in an article released uh, today as of uh, recording. Uh, the UK's antitrust regulator, the Competition and Markets Authority, has announced it will block Microsoft's uh, eye-popping purchase of Activision Blizzard. In a statement, the body said the deal risks harming the NASCent cloud gaming market by creating a monopoly player. It added that if the deal concluded, Microsoft would have a market share of between 60 and 70%, incentive to withhold Activision Blizzard games from competitors and substantially weakened competition in this important growing market. So I, I agree and disagree at the same time. And, and we've discussed this in the past about like, why would Microsoft, why would it like any business, unless you're Apple and like you 
build your, or I guess Sony now, you build your entire product model over exclusivity. Why would you prevent uh, one of your biggest markets from having the biggest uh, exposure possible? Ooh, 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 me. I know, I know, I know. Me, 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 me. Uh, yes, Sean in the back. It's because that's what the fans want. The fans no, want. No, no. Actually, I can think of a few fans that just want exclusivity. Um, uh, I don't know. To answer your question in a in a logical way, why the hell would you cut off your left or right hand to turn a wheel with two hands? You can't mm-hmm. turn a big wheel with one hand. Mm-hmm. You you why like. I understand that this is all being put. This doesn't even have to do with Call of Duty anymore. This has to do with cloud gaming. Yeah. And so um, the CMA said that they felt that Microsoft proposed remedies didn't go far enough to reassure regulators of his intentions. For instance, while the company had offered console support for 10 years to rival platforms, it, and in quotations, did not sufficiently cover different cloud gaming service business models, including multi-game subscription services. Another objection centered on the fact that Microsoft didn't promise much to providers who might wish to offer versions of games on PC operating systems other than Windows. Okay. So with a little bit more detail, this just shows that Microsoft needs to be like crystal clear with what they're planning on doing with uh, the games that they would acquire during this, this acquisition, right? Because I think originally Sony's biggest complaint was, Oh, they're going to take call of duty from us, right? They're going to keep all these games on their console. Well, then Sony said, or sorry, Microsoft said, no, like we'll give you a, a 10 year deal for these games. Um, and with that, okay, it covered the console gaming market, but then these right, the UK regulators are saying, okay, well, there's Mike or yeah, Microsoft is getting big into cloud gaming, right? Um, and that is, I wouldn't say it's a growing market because how many cloud gaming services are out there that have either substantially increase their their subscriber base or hell even still around like google stadia shut down after only a few years so there is xbox game pass cloud gaming uh nvidia yep nvidia has uh geforce now geforce now yeah which i think you can use on the steam deck right uh you can use it on like pretty much anything yeah um playstation plus premium amazon luna and the CNET shopping it. No, that can't be one. There's four. There's four cloud services left. And and Amazon just released theirs. And here's and, the thing with, with Amazon. It's include like you can buy games, but then also they have a, a rotating game list such a, like, you know, PlayStation Plus or uh, Xbox games with gold. And you can play these games for, you know, like the month or whatever. But there's not a lot of of cloud based uh, gaming systems. But here's the thing. Microsoft and Sony own both of them. But ultimately, if if Sony were to or if Microsoft were to say, 
I'm not going to release this game on uh, PlayStation console. It's only going to be released on a cloud-based system. Well, they're not just limiting then their Xbox. They're limiting any other system or any hardware that can cannot access that cloud-based system, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing also. There's a lot of TVs that have Game Pass built in that are yeah. coming out. Right. Man, so you- some of the new Samsung ones are sweet and like they're they're mid-level TVs. You're looking at like the five hundred and nine hundred dollar like price point for a exactly. TV equipped with cloud gaming. And so I Sony doesn't have a big enough market share in streaming or cloud gaming for that to really be a significant issue. In order to play Sony games uh through like the cloud. You have to either play it on your PlayStation and stream directly there, or you have to install the PlayStation app on your PC. But you can't, uh, as far as I know, you can't play it on mobile phones or anything like that. There's no app for that. Um, If you want to play it on Linux, you still have to run some, you know, it's like Windows container for it to run the Windows app. Microsoft has invested, like you can load up Chrome and go to like the Game Pass cloud gaming website or whatever and stream from your web browser. Right? Like it's crazy. If Sony if Sony were to invest heavily or even like half of what Microsoft has invested in their cloud gaming platform, then I could see this being an issue. But when Google shuts down Stadia because they it's not a viable option for them. Like it's not, it wasn't worth them running anymore, even though they had a ton of subscribers, you know, like I have a stadia controller here, which I got for free because they were trying to get as many people on their platform as possible. Did I buy any games from that? No, because I, I'm not a cloud game. I'm not going to purchase a game that is only cloud-based like i'll purchase digital games for my consoles at home right people have to remember that even with these cloud-based services like xbox game pass as an example the games aren't permanently there there is still always going to be a need for people who want to buy physical copies Mm -hmm. and that that's fine but like i don't think they're choking the the market like boo hoo Microsoft is going to have Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto rotating every six months on their cloud services. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, so who's Brad Smith? Is he like this? Oh, he's a chair, vice chair and president of Microsoft. So he uh, posted in response to this. Um, we remain, remain fully committed to this acquisition and will appeal as they should. The CMA's decision rejects a pragmatic path to address competition concerns and discourages technology innovation and investment in the United Kingdom. We've already signed contracts to make Activision Blizzard's popular games available on 150 million more devices and remain committed to reinforcing these agreements through regulatory remedies. We're especially disappointed that after lengthy deliberations, this decision appears to reflect a flawed understanding of this market and the way the relevant cloud technology actually works. Well, well if, said. It's like, if it's like any other dispute ever in the tech world, it'll go through with insane conditions. And one of them, unfortunately, um, and Microsoft fan or uh, Sony fanboys, you can 
you can put your ear uh, to the speaker and be proud. But one of the conditions is likely going to be an like uh, an amendment to what Sony can get versus other companies. Sony's going to still like try and get timed exclusives from some things. Like I doubt it's ever Call of Duty again because like fuck that, right? But yeah, at at the same time. Sony's going to have all these crazy ass amendments. And then what they're going to do is they're going to go ahead and be like, oh, you know what? Everyone, you can play Spider-Man if you had a PlayStation. Well, like, that's get... here. And the thing is, though, is like Sony releases their first party exclusives years down the road on PC. And they're usually super buggy usually missing features and stuff like that, right? Like it's, it's always, uh, they only care about people who buy their console, not the, not the wider gaming community. And like we said, you can buy TVs that have Xbox cloud gaming built in as an app, right? All you need to do is get a Xbox controller or any Bluetooth controller actually will work. Um, and connect it to your TV and you can play games. You can play Xbox games. Um, it's just really disappointing because we know that Sony knows that they, sh- they've shot their sub- themselves in the foot. Right. Um, and they were justified initially to call Microsoft out on, on the purchase. Right. Because like there's legitimate concerns for that, like for sure. But when Microsoft actually responded saying like, this is like, we'll give you this stuff. Like if you're so concerned about, you know, the viability of your console based solely on this one game, Call of Duty, make your own shooter, like make your own exclusive game, which they they could very well do. What what game was one of the the best multiplayer shooters uh, in the like the earlier console generation. So like between Xbox, like between Microsoft, Sony and Nintendo, like without cross plat. Correct. Like exclusives. What would you say? An exclusive. I don't know because before call of duty, I was really in a battlefield three. Like that was okay. Well, maybe not, not necessarily exclusive, but what was the one game that was the game that people bought consoles for. It didn't even have to be exclusive. I mean, you're talking to somebody who's predominantly bought Microsoft over PlayStation. And I would argue Halo. Exactly. Halo was the definitive, the first and one of the, the best games for first person shooters. Like they, they defined the modern first person shooter controls. They defined multiplayer online and it wasn't until Call of Duty kind of came to consoles and and really found their stride in the multiplayer that they took over from from uh, Microsoft and that. But for the longest time, if you wanted to play a, a great online multiplayer game, you had to have an Xbox. Yeah, I, I'd agree. But that was also the services that Microsoft was providing. They were charging people for a premium online service and giving away at that time, fairly decent games. Three mm-hmm. games a month, Games with Gold was the greatest no, 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 deal. Not even that. I'm talking about like X original Xbox, though. I know. Hear me out, though. But like you still had to pay for live, right? Yes. Live was never free. Correct. But PlayStation 
online or play PS live or whatever it was called originally was me. It was bad. The definition of like a silver lobby. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest. Um, but, but then once call of duty came out, it became the, the, the premier online multiplayer game. And he, here's the crazy thing. Well, because we're talking about call of duty and we're talking about it fairly candidly. I don't think Call of Duty's reign on the market is last, like is not there anymore. If you have a TikTok account and you follow gaming stuff, or if you use Instagram Reels, a lot of the biggest players of Call of Duty that we know and love and watch are playing the game because they're paid to play the game, right? They're content mm-hmm. creators for the game. They have they're people that are designed to go find the best gun skins, make a gun skin, make a gun, good loadout, bingo, bango, bongo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call of Duty is not getting the lion's share anymore. People are trying other stuff. People are going back to Overwatch. People are trying other games. There's other battle royales coming. And it's it's a crying shame that EA and it's dice, right? For for battle, battle battlefield. Field? Yeah, dice. Haven't figured it out. You yeah. had an incredible game. I'm telling you right now, if you had the difference between maybe not Warzone, but some of the Call of Duty multiplayer that you're getting right now versus Battlefield 3. If you release that right now, Battlefield 3 would be beating the absolute breaks off Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty is great for like a quick game, fast pace, but Battlefield 3 is if you still want, probably one of the best multiplayer games ever. Yeah, if you want to play with a group of people and be strategic and not just be running around like and dying every 30 seconds, like I remember some of the games that we played of ba- battlefield even like battlefield one and battlefield five or whatever you know we had some good games going where we were one of like the top squads just because we could be so strategic because the maps are so big and and you can actually you know i guess that's where kind of the the uh the battle royales have gone but i still found that battlefield was more I don't know, fast paced almost to an extent. But here's the, like the biggest problem with Battlefield 2042 when it came out is that they got rid of what made Battlefield so good to begin with. And that was the um, like the the different classes. Right, because everyone seemed like everyone was very generic in that Um, the game looks amazing. The game looks way better than Call of Duty. But and I guess they fixed quite a bit of it. It was buggy and whatnot. But is, is it back up to a point where it's playable? Oh yeah, they they've. I I would say it's playable. So I got this copy of Battlefield, and I have not played it because when I got it, I was really excited for it. It was something I I asked for. Um, and when the I finally got the game, I think it was a Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. The game was so unplayable that I didn't install it. Same with like my copy of Cyberpunk. Yeah, no, Battlefield's more playable now. I know that they've released a lot of updates and a lot of a lot of just stuff to make it playable. But again, it, it did you? It was tainted from the start, right? Because they released a buggy thing. Like EA, uh, when they have their betas, they don't actually do anything to fix the game like because a lot of their betas come out and then they release the game like two weeks later anyways with 
with this whole acquisition thing, like we're going to see this go on for, for a while. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the next step is Microsoft just needs to give a more detailed explanation of what they plan on doing. Um, with all of the IPs that they would acquire from purchasing Activision Blizzard. Um, but we say this every time. Sony has just shot themselves in the foot. They are never going to get a good deal with Activision ever again. Right? They, the they've thing. screwed themselves over. Yeah. Obviously, because um, I can't um within great detail but this is the exact same thing that's happening in canada right now with the the telecom um war slash mm-hmm. um ju- just in general like the big the largest acquisition in canadian history just happened and, and obviously and i i'm not allowed to s- kind of speak on a lot a lot of it even though it's now 100 percent public i'm just not willing to put my thoughts or bias out on the internet for yeah, that's very obvious reasons um, the thing is, is like, and I, I'm going to touch a little bit, a little bit about that because in Canada, there's a lot of rules, like for telecommunications, and a lot of companies they have to be primarily Canadian owned, right? So it's very difficult for a smaller company to come into Canada to allow better competition, right? Like if you look at the United States, for their they got like a, a dozen different phone companies, right? So there's competition. Whereas in Canada, we it's very difficult for companies. And not just telecommunications, right? Just just other stuff. It's very difficult for companies to come into Canada and start, if especially if they're going to take on something like, and we'll say telecommunications right now, just because there's three major players in that. And so then when there's an acquisition of a smaller one, it causes a lot of ripples because then we lose lose competition. So in regards to video games, in this Microsoft, Blizzard, Sony fiasco, it's not so much that we people are losing the ability to access these games or anything like that. In fact, this I feel like this is kind of the the opposite. Whereas Microsoft in this case has the infrastructure and the platforms and the ability to put these games onto devices that would otherwise not be able to have them. One hundred percent. And at the end of the day. What like what David said months and months ago is still likely to be true. Sony or uh, Activision Blizzard was probably like, hey, guys, we're for sale. Does anybody in the market want to buy us off in pieces or buy the whole pie? They probably went to Sony and Sony's like, oh, but we already own like a Jima Studios and we own turn or not turn 10. They own um, Insomniac, all these other things, right? Like they own a bunch of big shit. They're like, you know we get by with owning all the final fantasy. So they went to Microsoft and Microsoft cut them a dirty fucking check. And you know what? Even if it wasn't like that, even if Sony did deny them, they probably went to both Microsoft and Sony and said, okay, give us what, what do you want to pay us? Microsoft has way more money than Sony does. Right? 100%. So there's, there's no way that Sony could even afford to purchase Activision Blizzard without dropping their 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 essentially net worth for for their company, but yeah, let's talk about I'm something not... that's let, let's talk about something that's enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, so Return of the Jedi. We're already on Return it's... of the Jedi. 
Oh shit, walkabout, right. <laughs> I don't we know. Have, I just, uh... We we've been waiting for so long to to play this upcoming walkabout mini golf course. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's like it's in one of their lost cities, uh lost city maps. Lost City um, Temple Al Alzura, I think. Um Walkabout Mini Golf. Uh, what is it? Te it's temple a temple at Zerzua. Zerzua. It was literally like playing in the Moon Knight, Moon Knight world, especially at nighttime. Was. Yeah, the no. nighttime one was pretty cool. Like the the hard mode was pretty cool. Now, but it was so hard on your eyes. Like yeah, lots of lots first, of reds. Like we played a lot of dark stuff yesterday. But I will tell you, I don't think I've left VR in a long time that exhausted like in we've played like two three hour game sessions of demio right yeah okay i i guess I, first i would first say upside town was uh more that exhausting was the neck. just because yeah it was uh it was difficult to orient yourself see that one i wish you bought and i just played on your pass i wouldn't have got the balls or the mini golf um, clubs, but I highly doubt I play that course very often. It's, That's fair. It's challenging in a weird way because you're not really putting normal, but I ended up fucking punching things. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like I, I punched a shelf by accident. That's not, that's not enjoyable. That is not mm -hmm. fun. What? Um, so templates. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say what I will say though, in this experience was, I think we're riding the wave again of walkabout. So Atlantis. Great. Stunning map, both night and daytime. Very beautiful. Actually, very you know, challenging. When we, we played the, we played the regular mode and then did the night mode or like the, the, the not night mode, but the hard mode. Um, just recently, which was at night, which was, even better than the the easy mode just because it looks so cool so after playing the hard mode of atlantis and being completely blown away we jumped into the new course temple lost i don't even know what it is temple at zazura yeah and you know i like it is a big course it's it, huge it's big because you're going through this like uh, like this huge temple i guess um and each of the what was really cool i thought was really cool is that each of the actual holes was well not all of them because you go into different rooms and then the the holes would be kind of limited to that room but there was enough variety in the whole temple that different areas felt very different now there are some holes in there that's like how the hell are you supposed to get a hole in one on this one um, but overall, like it felt, I, I don't know. I, I, it was good. It was a lot of fun. I, I felt it was more enjoyable to play that one than upside town just because we could focus on golf and the strategy of the mini golf rather than trying to hit a golf ball. That's hitting on like hanging out on the ceiling. I I'd agree with that. I think, the two biggest things, and you you might not agree with me here, and like guys, I mean no disrespect to our friends at, at Mighty Coconuts, 
and walk about. This is in my like bottom courses. And yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't think I was going to feel that way. But here's why. The holes have a lot of no purpose, no meaning. And I understand that walkabout is supposed to be fun, challenging, zany mini golf. And it's like, oh, you play Sweet Toby and it's one of our favorite courses, period. Mm-hmm. But I just found that like. It lacked scope, it lacked focus, it lacked the idea of non-traditional, traditional mini golf. Part of the fun of walkabout mini golf is the first time you get into a new environment, you get to explore it because you're looking for those golf balls, right? And some people take their time and over two or three rounds, they find the golf ball. David and I are day oneers. The first time we play it, we have to find every ball. I felt incredibly overwhelmed on every hole because there was no real defining line of what the hole ended and what the hole, like where the hole ended like the whole mm-hmm. area ended and began. Mm-hmm. So you'd sit there and you'd be like, Oh, I found this ball. Oh shit. It's for the wrong hole. Oops. I think there was one ball that we found was for like three holes ahead of where we were. Yeah. And it, it happened a few times, right? Yeah. Where we found uh, the wrong hole for the wrong ball. Um, but to me, there was like a few neat holes on the, the regular mode. And then the, the hard mode was unplayable. Well, like for two reasons. One, there there was some insane frame rate drops that I think is definitely within the code. I don't think it was because we were playing multiplayer. mm -hmm. Because I like I jumped in today after work just to try it because I was trying to record some footage for them because I was talking on their their discord. There's some issues on there, too. But I just I'm, I'm having a hard time appreciating something that felt broken and overwhelming at times. I wouldn't say it was broken, but it was frustrating with the technical difficulties that we were having. And we kind of chalked it up to like, maybe it was a network issues or whatnot, but because other people have been having similar issues on the discord, we know it's a technical issue with the game. Um, Deniable technical issue. Yeah. Because they want everybody to report the issue as if it's like an Oculus's fault. So, I think with this one, they were going for, or it feels like it was going, they were going for scope. They want something that is massive. So yes, the building that you're going through, the temple is huge, but there's a lot of wasted space and the holes are, are, are pretty simple. There's sand on them, right? To make them difficult. You can skip most of the holes if you just hit your ball hard enough to get past a little bump of sand. Um, you know, so there wasn't really the necessarily the challenge of like, how do I, how do I solve this? Um, there was really very little puzzle aspect to it, which sweet topia is one of our favorite courses and sweet yeah there is in in that map alone there is a lot of possibilities on how to tackle every single hole and you know there's a lot of strategy involved with that one it's not a difficult course but it's also not too easy that you can just kind of be like you look at a hole and you're like okay like that's where i have to go 
Mm-hmm. I just feel like they've been exploring a lot in like new ideas and like designs, which is kind of cool. Um, but it's it's taken away from what made uh, what made the game really enjoyable to begin with. And I'm not saying that we don't enjoy the game. It's one of our most played games. And, you know, we'll we'll jump in every so often just to replay a lot of courses like it's also first... like an easy way for us to hang out. Exactly. Like, I but feel like, like I'm in the same room. Mm-hmm. But even like uh, I would say the first like the base courses, right? Tourist Trap, Cherry Blossom and Seagull stack, Stacks. Those are pretty basic mini golf courses. Like they're pretty simple and pretty easy. But when you get to Arizona Modern, Original Gothic, Bogey's Bonanza, Tethy Station and then Coyote Valley. That's where like they really start to push the puzzly aspects of their courses, right? Then we got things like Gardens of Babylon, Shangri-La, El Dorado, Sweetopia. And that's where I feel like they've really been thriving. Then we get crap like Mist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but even Labyrinth was pretty cool. But Labyrinth was different in the fact that it told the story of the movies through the mini golf courses. That might be one of the most breathtaking courses we've played. Yeah, it was great. But uh, I don't know. I feel like, and we've echoed this before, go back to what made mini golf, like in your mini golf stuff, really good. Add those puzzly, those puzzly holes where you have to really think about how to get a hole in one or like how to get there in the, the least amount of shots, right? Going to these epic, you know, courses that have, sure, like they got a lot of stuff to look at. They're busy. That's what, that's what's happening. They're becoming busier visually, but I think the amount of time that they're putting into or the complexity of the holes are getting simpler. I'd agree with that. Um, I think it was very apparent too on like how many holes do you remember playing last night where you had to shoot up a ramp and hope for the best? I would say at least half of them. Yeah. Like you're like hole two on hard. You're just booting it up a mountain. There was like one where it was like a fairly simple concept of a a U, but you had to shoot it around the outside. But on hard, you had to like shoot it up the U so it would drop over and not fall off. Mm-hmm. I think you and I finished like plus 14 and plus 20. And you and I are fair. Like I'm fairly confident that almost every course that I've played, I've gotten into the negatives now. Easily. Um, For for easy. For hard, I think I've got all but yeah. like two in a negative. I think easy, we were like negative, like two and negative three or something like that. Um, for hard, I think we were plus, I don't know, it, it was single digits, or if it was, it was like 10 or 11. I wish I could pull my data just from a website. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that hard should be very difficult. Like holes need to be able to be done, obviously, in the, the pars that they set. Um, but I feel like a lot of the stuff is just very, very cheap. Yeah. And uh, actually we did run into a, a, a bug that kind of screwed me over. I hit a ball out of bounds and it was slowly rolling on the edge 
and it was slowly rolling back. And then eventually the game just said, oh, there's an error. <laughs> Redo <laughs> your, your shot. Do yeah. your shot over again. Yeah, that was super weird. We also mm-hmm. found the fox hunt very, very confusing. And like, yeah, the fox hunt, the whole idea is the puzzle. But what's with all the extra cat paws and the weird scarabs on the ground? Well, I think it was They're just cool. to, I think it was just to distract you from finding, yeah. finding the stuff. But and that's fun. But like, because you made it like this really shiny neon green with those colors, it hurts your eyes after a while. I understand that you're not supposed to play VR for like two, three hours, in multiple sections. You're supposed to take time in between, but like that's a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I kind of want, wish I could go back to the excitement that we had when we played Gardens of Babylon, Shangri-La, Sweetopia. Maybe. Now, it, I, it could be partially because our expectations are so high now. We got to take it down a notch. But uh, hey, as long as they don't release another mist type level. <laughs> <sighs> so. Here's where I'll leave walkabout. The old school review style. Gameplay for this course, and I understand that they just had a massive update. Even with that massive update, the game is less playable than it was in the past. And maybe you're loading too many assets into your to your level and it's making it harder for it to like do everything all at once. Seven out of ten. That's being generous. That's you guys have a lot of equity with us. Generous. You know, mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Okay. Presentation. Nine. Nine. I think it's gorgeous. Um, I had a lot of fun looking at some of the symbols. I was, I probably wouldn't have been as aware because I didn't really study Egypt in high school mm-hmm. and didn't do any of that in college. But what I did identify with, believe it or not, was Moon Knight and like the mummy movies. Mm. I thought that was fun. I thought that was really cool. At the end, the scale, which was fun. Value. So I've given it a seven and I've given it a nine. Is this map worth my 549? I mean, probably. Because once it gets patched, I will play the shit out of that hard to get it below. Yeah. Zero. I would say but I would say the value is probably about a seven. If you I was had to say seven or eight. I if you if you had to choose between a course to purchase, uh I I wouldn't say this would be should be the first one. Like even if out of the lost cities, I would say you should purchase Guards of Babylon, Shangri La, or El Dorado first. Uh yeah. Okay. So we're we're gonna say it's about a seven out of ten. That's not bad. Yeah, that's, that's not fair. terrible. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Do you want to do you want to quickly discuss what our our trivia topic is coming up could before it, we get into could it, could it be related to our next uh, show topic? Very, very much so. Are you are you saying that it has something to do like with this? Yes, 100%. (laughs) So in honor of Star Wars month, on May 3rd at TWB, we will be doing 
May the third be with you because obviously we don't have a May the fourth option because we do trivia on Wednesdays. It's going to be a lot of fun. I only have four categories I can share with you all right now. Partially because the fifth one isn't written and partially because we are trying to make the best audio round we can. So in no particular order, we are doing Star Wars references. So these are regular TV shows, sitcoms, things that have referenced Star Wars in one way or another. Could be fun. Could be frustrating. Who knows? Next one, we are doing a full Return of the Jedi trivia round because of the 40th anniversary, which we will talk about momentarily. Um, We are doing prequels trivia because everybody does the original trilogy. I didn't want to do the... um, the sequels tr- uh, trilogy, because meh. And I've got name of the game. So as you guys know, the scene on screen podcast is also video games and board games. So why not implement that? Obviously, you Star Wars nerds, me included, have played some of these games. Maybe all of them. Who knows? But we're going to we're going to ask you some questions based on some elements of a game. And you can give us the answer. Coolio. Sounds exciting. Excellent. You want to talk Return of the Jedi? Are you going to go this week? Is the movie theater in your local city playing Return of the Jedi this week or next? Probably week? not. I'm going to I'm going to search this up, though. So the landmark here in Kitchener is, but no, no Cineplex property is. But uh, they're five dollar tickets to go watch Return of the Jedi on the big screen, which I have never seen on anything other than a TV. Uh, we have no. <laughs> we got Guardians of the Galaxy coming out Fast 10, which I didn't even know that they were making and air right now. We got Evil well, Dead Fast Rise 10 comes out this weekend. No, no, that's uh, May 19th. Oh, oh, oh. Whew. Yeah. Let's talk Jedi. What, okay. what are some of your favorite things about Jedi? What do you what do you appreciate the most about Jedi? Aside from mostly him? the mostly the Ewoks. And how the Ewoks managed to defeat um, a <laughs> a military power with advanced technology. They were stormtroopers with bad sticks. aims. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I just have so many memories of watching Return of the Jedi in my basement at my parents' house as a kid. When you know, all for the hundredth time, <laughs> it was like I watched those tapes so many times. But it got to the point where, like, I could watch, just put the movie on and sit there and watch it and fall asleep and wake up during, like, the song of, like, the when they're celebrating at the end. Uh, just there's so much in that movie that is is so good. Um, you know, seeing Luke's lightsaber, his green lightsaber for the first time and... I don't know the 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 movie just holds. I I, I hold it dear to my heart because it was something that kind of answered so many questions that, that were were created from Empire Strikes Back and expanded on the Star Wars universe and gave us some like amazing toys to play with and 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 concepts. And it just, I don't know. I think it just really like slingshotted the, the star Wars universe into the next level. Um, they had really, they had really been able to take, 
uh, or I guess advancements in technology, right? Like the special effects were so good for the time. Like if you compare them from episode one, excuse me, episode one or episode four to episode five or sorry, to six from four to six. See, these... it's not that easy when you have to talk about <laughs> nine movies all the time. I know. Uh, you know, the, the special effects advanced so much that they just looked so much better. Uh, I don't know. It was such an enjoyable, a, an enjoyable movie to watch. I will always be down to watch return of the Jedi. Um, you put it in your top three, right? When we did the top three, bottom three, middle, middle three. Uh, I think it would be. I don't remember. I know I, I had Empire, Jedi and Revenge of the Sith in my top three. Yeah, that's I think that's what mine were. And I only remember that because we talked about Revenge of the Sith just being so much better than the other two prequels that it wasn't even close. And oh, it yeah. gives you some of the greatest moments and like one of the most quotable Star Wars moments ever that people also don't get right. Hold you on, are the which... chosen one. one. Oh, yeah, that one. Hello there. I thought, it was, I thought it was that. <laughs> there. Um, um, so there's the tr- there's uh, the poster that's been floating around for the 40th anniversary, though. And you want the poster. Ah, fuck, man. I want that poster so bad. It is such a good poster i would love to not to have it without like the i think the there's something on there it's like one day only in theaters or something like that but it's for Uh, an entire week i don't know i'm sure i could i could uh i could buy it but oh returns to theaters april 29th or april 28th is it the one with vader in the background yeah the one where it's like Vader, Luke's in front of it. It's like there's the honestly returns to theaters. April 28th is still sick. Like it looks so good. I know, but I feel like it would just be so much cooler just to have it without that. Just so that it it could be, oh man, even the Empire Strikes Back one is so good. So here here's the, the crazy thing about this trilogy for myself and you and so many people who are our age that love Star Wars and people younger. They love Star Wars. You said something. You said it. the Return of the Jedi answered so many questions you had from Empire and A New Hope, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I got to experience this, I believe, during the pandemic. We watched all nine movies over like a two-day span. It was awesome. And I know you've done the whole 24-hour Star Wars movie marathon thing. Yeah, yeah. But like we weren't working, we were just chilling out, eating and watching Star Wars. And we watched them in release order. Or do we watch them in chronological order? You probably watched them in chronological order. No, we couldn't have because she figured out in Empire, I think. When did she make the connection that Anakin was Darth Vader? I can't remember. I can't remember what order we watched it. Anyways, that gift that we had as kids when we were like five or seven, where we were just cognitive enough to understand what was kind of going on is we didn't have to wait six years for the culmination of a trilogy. Right. And like, even, even when we grew up watching, we can all admit the prequels were like our bread and butter for our age group. Mm hmm. 
that was 2001 to 2006 or eight. I can't remember. When did Sith come out? Uh, 2003, I think it was. They came out year after year after year. Uh, 2005. Okay, so it was still a, a span of. I think it was two years. Long. I think it was about like two years. But when I watched all nine movies, she saw them for the first time. So she got to put all those puzzles together, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing as us. And like you're saying, I got to fill out all those puzzles. You were what, seven when you first saw these movies? I oh, couldn't yeah. be that old. And just experiencing that for the first time, and you're like, Darth Vader is Luke's father? What? Everything that I've been thinking of is an absolute nightmare. Yoda died. What the hell is going on? All this crap. Yeah. Right? And then Yoda comes back for three more movies and beats the hell out of everyone because he's fucking Jedi Yoda. But we got to, and the only people who never got to experience this are the people who watch them in real time. And that's something that I think generation to generation to generation of star Wars fans are never going to understand. So there was an age group that had to wait. We had to wait for the prequels. Yeah. We had to wait for the sequels, but whatever. I still remember. I still remember going to the theaters to watch Attack. I remember seeing episode one. I remember seeing episode two and episode three in theaters, right? I never got to experience the original Star Wars trilogy, obviously, because I wasn't alive for most of them. <laughs> and you never will in big screen because Disney has just edited all these movies. And I bet you dollars to donuts, they have edited something for this damn movie coming out next week. Oh, it's going to be the uh, the special edition with the with like the music singing that they added to Jabba's Palace and all that stuff. Uh, like I've seen the movies, I've seen them all in the theaters because of the the marathon, right? And there's just something about it. if you can go see Return of the Jedi in theaters for the 40th anniversary, and you haven't already seen it in in big screen like that, do yourself a favor and go and see it. Sean, you have you ever seen them in the theater? I literally just said no. I know. I, it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> so I've seen out of all the Star Wars movies in theaters, I've seen four. Really? You didn't so, see the, the newer ones? Uh, oh, I saw all three of those. I saw Revenge of the Sith and I saw Phantom Menace. But I no, I didn't see Phantom Menace. I saw Attack of the Clones. So I've seen oh. the last five. OK, well, there's just something so, so amazing. It's it's hard to put into words, but about the original trilogy and as something that we grew up watching, but never actually got to experience in theaters on that screen, just completely engrossed in that movie, you know, without any, any distractions, seeing it in theaters is a whole different way of experiencing the movie. Um, I still remember watching the opening scene of a new hope. When we watched the first marathon, when we went at the first marathon, I was tired, but then that just, it pumped you right back up. It, it did because it's something that I had hoped for forever, and it finally happened. So <laughs> you, you owe it to yourself. Hoped for? I know. I almost cried. I honestly, I said to uh, she who shall not be named. I was like, I, I might, I, I might just cry right now because I'm so happy. 
Uh, and it's something that that if I am lucky enough, if I can go see Return of the Jedi in theaters, if I have to make the trip to Winnipeg, I will. In fact, maybe I will <laughs> just for that. You're going to drive two hours to see a movie you've seen probably 50 times. Yeah. So. If it's playing next weekend, we might go to Winnipeg again. I I think that might be the movie we go see. So next care. weekend is Guardians of the Galaxy for me. I know. So I've got to fit in next week. I have to fit in trivia. If the Maple Leafs make the second round, I have to fit in that. And with my luck, it'll be on a fucking Wednesday. So I'm going to be doing Star Wars trivia while my Maple Leafs will be on the ice. Redonkulous. Second yeah. round's not posted yet, so I have no idea. Yeah. All I know is it's a lot. You know what also is a lot? Our our predictions for Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, can I play our new... I think I like our, my spoiler sound better than yours. Sure. Like us, <laughs> there are spoilers ahead. I mean, if you haven't watched or finished season three of The Mandalorian by now, you deserve it. Yeah, you deserve it. We waited a whole week to talk about this. We gave predictions based off of ideas we pulled out of our asses. And my God, we could have been further from what actually happened. Yeah, like nobody's surprised. But at the same time, it's kind of was kind of, eh. you know, like I feel like season three ended on the classic movie hero final battle, which is trope. fine because I think he got. Didn't Jaren finally got the. The the ending he deserved, which is hella concerning because I don't think he is considered the Mandalorian anymore in the eyes of Disney, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because like I watched the show for the adventures of Din Djarin and Grogu or Din Grogu now. You know what? Good youngling apprentice is that they have essentially removed any real need for continuation of the story of uh, the rebuilding and gathering of the Mandalorian and rebuilding of Mandalore. And they made it so that season four can just be an endless amount of fetch quests for Din Djarin and Grogu. Yeah. Um, What they also did was they built in a safety net. See, now the Mandalorians can be a plot device. How many times are you going to go see the armor? Obviously, when Grogu needs armor. Because he's all of a sudden going to be able to talk next season, right? Mm-hmm. But when are you, you going to go see Bo-Katan? Maybe you just give Bo-Katan a show. I'd watch that more than Boba Fett. Uh, I'm sure we'll see Bo-Katan in, in uh, Ahsoka. I thought she was going to be like this huge villain. No, they actually utilized her as a hero the entire time. The armor or like, Bo-Katan? Bo-Katan. Like at the beginning of the season, I thought Bo-Katan oh, yeah. was going to be um, uh, 
a baddie, which it was wrong. Yeah. The, I think the ending of the episode where he went back to the, the, the Imperial Ranger base or the New Republic base. I think what they did was Fellini or Filoni and Dave Favreau. John Favreau. What did I say? Dave Favreau? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I've had a day of fog, man. Um, I think what they did was they built in the ability to still have their little ranger show without Cara Dune, who we can't ever forget. She was such an important character to Din. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. that's just forgotten, right? And they're like, oh, we had to send her away. Oh, okay. Cool. Love that, I guess. But now they can have a little ranger show because Din was like, I need work. He needed wet work, essentially. He needed work under the table to work for the Republic without being the Republic. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that they left unanswered. Uh, like, why? What's her face? Um, you know, electrocuted or tortured the doctor. <laughs> you know, um, they yeah, kind of they had this whole, episode. Yeah, they kind of had this whole thing about clones, and there was like, you know, twenty four clones of Moff Gideon that, again, they just somehow like changed. <laughs> this is the stupid thing. He put pushed some buttons on a computer, and then all of the cloning bat things just blew up, like. They could have done something where he's like, you know what? I have to just, I, I actually sabotage these. And instead of having them blow up, they could have done something where he was just turning them off. So like the life support ended. So then they were, they're dead. Or maybe he used some of his uh, gadgets and actually blew them up. Who knows? I actually like thought could- it was solely because they had drains in the floor that that's why they did that. It was, oh. it was a very beautiful scene, right? Cause it all like waved in. Yeah. Um, you know what? Like it was, it was fun to watch. I think the, the f- battles and stuff like that were cool. I didn't like what they, how they did anything with Moff Gideon. Like they built him up to be this like super evil villain with a plan. Right. And he could have been a long standing villain, like, and like very insidious about what he was trying to do. Cause obviously he was trying to bring back, uh, a stronger army and bring back the empire. And uh, they did touch on uh, general grand Admiral Th- Thrawn a little bit, which was cool because like they're connecting that to um, the Ahsoka series, but you know, he has a battle with uh, the Mandalorian baby Yoda takes on three. <laughs> This is so stupid. He t- they, he took on three elite guards pretty much by himself until uh, he was jumping from rail to rail and then he got crushed and then he had to. They made Grogu use the force so much this episode, which was great. Yeah. Um, But then. There was what was it? The cruiser was crashing into the planet and then uh, Moff Gideon died because of the flames. What a typical way to kill off a villain when you have no other way to defeat them. They could have done something way different. Hell, they could have had Grogu kill him, which could have been interesting. I think they took a cop out by not having Bogotan kill him. Well, you don't really piss me off is how they destroyed the Darksaber. 
um, as if it was like nothing. It was a symbol of Mandalore. And I guess at the same time, it does symbolize that Mandalorians don't need that to symbolize their unity. But at the same time, you know, they this has been an item for that spanned multiple series. Clone Wars, Rebels, uh, Mandalorian, um, and a bunch of bunch of other stuff. And then he just crushes it. And it's like, okay, there's nothing. In his super powered Beskar armor suit. Yeah. Speaking of which, those stormtroopers. Actually, it's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Not even going to lie. Like that upgrade with the little bit of red. Oh, buddy, sign me up. Like, I know that they're, they design them so that they can transition to like the first order style of stormtroopers, but holy shit, those stormtrooper outfits were fucking phenomenal. Um, or I guess what were they starting? They were new dark troopers, but they're not. They were wearing white. That makes them stormtroopers, is it not? I, I guess. Been, I don't know. Actually, we we learned in this episode that Din Djarin's biggest weakness is rope. He could beat everything else, but he couldn't beat rope. In rock paper scissors, he lost a rope every single time. Yeah. There was like okay. As a whole, that episode, they were like, oh, there's life on Mandalore? Yeah, you just gotta find the garden. Okay? And you're telling me that these, like, some of these Mandalorians that were outcasts were, like, riding that ship around Mandalore this entire time as pirates. They had no idea those troopers were down there. Who was the spy? Who turned on everybody? Mm-hmm. Who led them down there? We don't find out that answer. We don't find out what happened to, with the, the girl and the doctor and setting up what's his face. We don't find out who made the cookies. We don't find out anything. Yeah. It, that was such a thing. waste like, there, of an episode when there was there eight was. episodes total. Yeah. And I thought that they were going to going to really expand that and, and kind of show maybe some people trying to take down the New Republic from the inside. Right, that would allow the first order to rise. I thought they were going to explore that avenue, but they didn't. There's nothing. It and, is, and if they if they want to justify the first order from the sequels, they have to show that. They have to show how the New Republic fell and make it believable, rather than just be like, okay, we're going to do the same thing that happened like with Order 66 and just purge everyone and, and come up with a, a secret army or something like that. Um, they, they need something like that. And I think this series could have been, you know, 10 episodes and they could have had another two episodes kind of exploring that aspect of it, like the, the recovering uh, Imperials. But they didn't. They just kind of there's so much potential. So I, I, I did look up if, and if you look up the ratings for the Mandalorian, there's two episodes that dip below nine, right? Well, on Rotten Tomatoes. Season one. Has a uh, has a uh, oh, this is the whole thing. I don't want that. I want season one. OK, so season one's uh, rating and I'm just going to go like we really care about the audience score because those are the the real people, not the critics, but the critic score is 93 audience score is 92 season. One was amazing. Um, and I, I agree season two was even better. 
but the the uh, critic score is 93, audience score is 91. And that's fair, but I still think season two was uh, substantially better than the first season because they uh, they weren't necessarily taking the time to introduce characters where they were more focused on the overall story. But I like we, season two. But right to the very end, it like yeah. was intense and so, funny. Yeah. So season three, the critic sto- score drops down to eighty six, and the audience score is only fifty. Like that's a huge, huge drop. Look, man, I'm not always right about things, but when I'm right, I want to tell people about it all the time. I think a lot of the the problem with the Mandalorian is hey, while you're on, while you're looking at Rotten Tomatoes, take a look at the last three episodes of Boba Fett. So the remix season, as uh, the fans like to candidly call it, the the 2.5 yeah. for Mandalorian. We got Mando for two, three episodes in Boba Fett, and they were by far the best in that series. Mm-hmm. And we were desperate for Mando. We were desperate for him. I love me some Grogu and some Din, but this season left a lot to be desired. I actually felt like it was a weaker Marvel show. Mm-hmm. Like, did I watch The Mandalorian just to watch it? Guys, I'm going to tell you the truth right now, and I didn't even tell David this. David, when do you think I watched the episode of The Mandalorian? You know I didn't watch it while I was away at my conference, so that gives you a two-day head start. I think you watched it in three-minute increments on TikTok while you were taking a morning poop. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. That is really funny. Call but when do you think I watched it? Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Uh, probably, probably Saturday or yeah, I'd say Saturday. Uh, five minutes before I logged on to walk about with you, I finished the episode and I didn't tell you that at all. I just, huh? there was, you know how little the internet tried to spoil that. And I like a lot of like spoilery type stuff. I didn't see shit. I thought I saw like Grogu in armor and I thought that was really cool but I purposely didn't tell you when I was watching it and I got busy. We like playoff hockey is a priority in this household. Mm -hmm. And as soon as like I sat there last night, I was like, Oh, I should watch this before, before we record. I literally had it fresh in my brain (laughs) within five minutes of me logging on. That's how little this season has had an impact on me. If I was worried about a big spoiler. Yeah. The biggest spoiler of the whole season was Jack Black. Or in my case, Tim Meadows, because I just love him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But like the, the the battle was cool. I thought the flying Mandalorians versus the troopers was pretty sweet. Although some of it seemed a little far fetched. I understand it's fiction and it's all not real to begin with but to me there was just no Mm -hmm. i will say the season got like a seven out of ten for me Eh, maybe i would still say an eight because the grogu factor is just so important to me i just love him but how how more many more times do we need to see enzalians we saw baba fink or bobu fink at the end of the last episode too that's true um (laughs) It's funny, though, because you've mentioned some of the Mandalorian episodes in uh, Book of Boba Fett. So chapter five, Return of the Mandalorian. So the episode where it was pretty much just the Mandalorian has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 
for Book of Boba Fett. But the next episode, episode six, goes down to, or sorry, uh, from episode six goes down to uh, 90%. And then the last episode, guess what the rating is? 97%. 55%. Is that it the l- one where the, he like rides the Rancor? Yeah, it's the final shootout and all that stuff. But like, what was the one where he met uh, Mando and Ahsoka are together? I believe that's the return of the Mandalorian. And when does he get the N1? Also in uh, Boba Fett? Uh, no, he gets the N1 at the end of... Oh, wait. Or does he get that at the end of season two? I think he gets it. Yeah, he gets it at the end of season two. I don't know. It's been so long because Disney, you know, made us wait two years between. But you would definitely feel the curve of quality go down in the shows. Yeah, I feel like the passion was not there as much in this one. Like you could really tell that uh, season one and two, they wanted to tell a compelling and interesting story. But then season three, it's just like, okay, well, this is our story arc. Uh, We don't really know the future for this series. So we're just going to, you know write it and finish it as quickly as we can. I don't know when like there's two more seasons, right? At least because no, at least one more Fellini's making a movie that is going to wrap up the Mandalorian story arc. And isn't he signed for two more seasons? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, that's great because we're also getting a bonus season of The Last of Us for content that never happened in the video game. So that's pretty sweet, too. Apparently, season two is going to be within the five year period of the end of The Last of Us season one and the beginning of our game two. Yeah, so at least we'll get some some backstory. Yeah. The Mandalorian season four plot theory, Rangers of the New Republic. The show will write itself and Mando will just go on adventures. I'm for it. Give me something different. Give me something new. Give me something, anything. Make Mando go make money and Grogu steal chicken nuggies. That's true. So I just want to see. I I would be okay with like a whole episode of Grogu just going rogue and like just just doing whatever the hell he wants and Mandalorian just (laughs) trying to control him. I can't wait till he can talk because the no, no, no. Yes, yes. But like it was also so sad when Din's on the ground. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. I think it was a little bit more impactful that way, though. Right. When you think about it, because if there's only like there, there's you can only say no or yes. And and you know that he wants to say more, but that's all he's able to do because it's, it's, he's just pressing the button. He's just trying to say, like, get off my dad. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to end it, David. We've uh, we've had a lot of fun. I'm going to go watch Return of the Jedi before I talk to you next and record. Obviously, I'll probably talk to you five minutes after we hang up, but that's cool. That's true. But for this one, that is it. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe. Tell everybody that we are awesome and you love the Scene on Screen podcast. For myself. Wow, wow, is very nice. I need a new sound. And David. That Hansel's so hot right now. The next time we talk to you, it's gonna be May. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.